Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Talitha Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Talitha Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helps severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Buck Sexton Show. Very pleased to be bringing you this time around Kevin Sorbo. He is an actor, producer, director, author, writer, and uh, patriot. Kevin, great to have you. All around good guy. Yeah, all all around good guy. (laughs) And he's got those Florida vibes going like me right now. He's got the That's golf right. shirt, enjoying. It was like 75 today, you know, just another one of those Florida days. So, uh, Kevin, I, I wanted to ask you, um, has has TV just gotten worse recently because you're not allowed to make good TV anymore? I, I want to start with that. With with certain exceptions, uh, Yellowstone and, yep. and the related programming, I, I can't tell you how many times lately I've turned on a Netflix show, I can see it and think to myself, they've spent millions and millions of dollars on this. Oh, oh yeah. how is it so bad? What is going on? Well, you know, the agendas they're pushing. I mean, it's just craziness. And I, you know, you, you look at it, but you talk about Netflix, you talk about um, uh, Disney and this guy's paid the price this year because people said enough is enough. I mean, I get in 10 minutes of something on one of these shows and it just goes, really, they're going to push this thing again. And people got tired of it. I think if you look at, I think the most successful movie out there for the, just really the mainstream people, you don't have to be conservative. You just have to be suffering common sense was Tom Cruise's, the Maverick Top Gun movie. I mean, people loved that movie and it showed Hollywood that people want more movies like that. So um, it's, it's amazing to me what they're doing. And I don't know why they don't wake up. It's, it's weird to me that they keep fighting the fight against us to uh, put product out that people want. But that's the, my job. And I've been doing that for the last 10 years now. Now, I mean, you were a part of and I'm going to have to ask you about Hercules Legendary Journey, because back in the day, sure. I used to I used to watch that. I, I love that show. <laughs> so I used to watch that well, show. Dude, I was a fan. I got to break. I got to brag a little bit. By season three, we became the most watched TV show in the world. We were in 176 countries. So I had a a seven-year run on that show, and I had an absolute blast. But they wouldn't do that today. I mean, they would they would make Hercules a transgender now or something. I mean, they, they wouldn't make it the same way that we made it back then. It's it's just I don't I don't I don't I don't understand. How did that all? Kind of, by the way, how'd that show? So I love anything that's got some historic. I mean, obviously Greek mythology is the basis for that, but that's got some historical. Uh, either tie-in or I, I think well-done period pieces, you know, things like Gladiator or Braveheart or, you know, things of, sure. uh, I, I wish I could say that the, um, what is, what's the one with the Greek gods that they remade recently? It just wasn't, wasn't all that well done. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, the one with, 
the Australian actor, and it's the Greek gods. I can't. I'll remember it in a second. But oh, you mean Thor? No, no. Well, there's that. I mean, that's the Marvel universe. I, I mean, the one right. that's they, they brought back. It's got when he says release the Kraken. What's the release the Kraken movie? That oh, movie. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. You right. know what Was I mean? It it's uh, anyway. Yeah, but, but I I love I love all that stuff. Generally speaking, how did how did the the whole Hercules a legendary journeys thing come together? Uh, well, a typical audition that you know they do in you know when I lived in California, it was the typical when they call you up and say, "Hey, they're doing a new uh, new new uh, movies." Actually, starting it was going to be five two hour movies before it became a series. And I said, okay, I'm a big guy, but I'm not like a steroid dude. I mean, they're going to want these big body, but no, no, no. They're looking for like a, 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 a decathlete or NFL quarterback size guy. So sure enough, my first audition at Universal, pretty much what it was. Um, they called me back seven times before I got the role. They auditioned 2,800 actors in North America, I found out later. So I got down the last three guys and um, I, I got the role. And, um, it, you know, it was initially I said five to our movies. I got to work with Anthony Quinn, which was awesome. He was a guy who's been nominated, I think, about five times for Academy Awards and won a couple of them. So um, it was pretty cool to work with him. And uh, I knew by the third movie, I said to, uh, you know, I said, they're going to make, I told my manager, they're going to make this a series. There's no, there's nothing like it on TV. And I'll tell you, anytime, whether it's a movie or TV show, Hollywood follows a copy of. So by our third year, there was all these copycat shows. There was Sinbad. There was Tarzan. There was Conan. There was Robin Hood. So all these shows tried to copy what we were doing. And that's that's typical of Hollywood. They want to jump on that bandwagon if there's something doing, going hot and strong. So you were on that show for seven years. Uh, I remember your your sidekick on that show. How, how, how did you guys get along and how did he end up doing? Eolus. Um, he's a New Zealander. Um, we are about as different as two people can be, but we got along just fine. <laughs> you know, he's... He's, uh, you know, I'm conservative. He's about as far left as you can go in a country like New Zealand, as socialist as that is. So, so this um, is actually a perfect way to transition. By the way, re- the release the Kraken movie is Clash of the Titans, which I was trying to think of. Which, it. So Clash it's Clash of the, of the Titans. Titans, which should be amazing. It it just it just wasn't well done. It had great some great actors. It no. wasn't well done, uh, and it was obviously a remake. Yeah. But you know what we saw uh, about COVID in Australia, in New Zealand. Oh I think gosh. that was a wake-up call for me. You know, I'm an ex-CIA guy. I spent a lot of time in the Middle East, places like that. I just always assumed that Australia was kind of like England, but a little bit more fun, a little bit better weather, you know, more funky animals, like koalas and kangaroos and stuff. <laughs> and it turned out that this, these places, uh, more specifically New Zealand, or more uh, even more clearly New Zealand, are kind of like East Germany with weird accents or different accents than the German ones. I got to be honest, I was shocked. I really was. I didn't think those two countries would, would react that way or they put people in that political power that way. But it shows you what what fear. I mean, our government uses fear as a weapon as well. But I have buddies down there and I was told about what they were doing in both countries. I've spent time. I've shot movies in Australia. I probably, I probably spent about a year and a half in Australia through the years. Um, I was blown away by how crazy. And now I see the prime minister from New Zealand stepping down uh, because I understand her rating. And approval rating is like 27% or something. So she's, but they're replacing her with yet another guy that's just as strict with all the old, you know, everybody's got to take, you know, eight shots every year. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's crazy that people let that happen. It's crazy that this country's letting that happen. I keep reminding people, it is we the people, but, uh, you know, we, we have a bunch of sheep in this country. We have a bunch of people that just, eh, apathy's the killer of uh, America and people don't seem to care. And 
I'm glad you're fighting the fight. I'm fighting the fight. So, uh, you know, here we are. You know, uh, you're also a guy like me who has moved on to the greener pastures of Florida uh, and the red state revolution that is occurring here, uh, leaving California, your case, New York, in my case. I want to get into that in a second, because I've never obviously in our in in my lifetime, in your lifetime, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. So we'll get into that in just a second. But I want to tell everybody about the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for a moment. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. The foundation honors fallen and severely injured heroes and their families with mortgage-free smart homes. This year alone, hundreds of Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and our nation's most severely injured veterans and first responders are receiving homes. More than 500 homeless veterans received housing and services last year alone. And more than 1,500 are now receiving housing and services this year This coming Memorial Day, all of the brave men and women who lost their lives since 9-11, the war on terror, are having their names read aloud in a Tunnel to Towers ceremony in our nation's capital. Through the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute, the foundation is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Please help America to never forget its greatest heroes. Join me in donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T dot org um so now let me ask you about the california uh exodus what was the breaking point for you like at what point you know you're an actor you're a guy you're on a great a great by the way if anyone hasn't seen it I, the legendary journeys it's a super fun show that we still to this day i think it holds up really well not to get too fanboy over here but i, I love this show i thought it was great I love uh, I mean, I mean, so, so did i i read it as a kid so for me to end up playing hercules was pretty cool and what the writers did they also had pretty good moral messages in there but they also um, put a lot of humor in there. And I, and I kind of said that Sam Raimi was our exact producer. So he did the Spider-Man movies and Evil Dead and all that. And, and I told Sam, I said, uh, you know what? We got to make sure people laugh with us and not at us because otherwise we're too easy to, for people to, you know, to make fun of the show. And I think people love the humor of this of the series. So when season three uh, started with all the spin, all the shows trying to copy us, we spun off a female type Hercules show, Xena Warrior Prince. Right, I was going to say, Xena, Lucy Lawless. But in season, yeah, she kept her first husband's last name, but married my producer. Okay, figure that one out. Anyway, it was, it was, let me put it this way. The casting couch is alive and well, no matter where you are in the world. So season five. Wow. (laughs) Season five, we spun off Young Hercules. And Young Hercules was played by a 20-year-old actor at the time. Most people, nobody knew who he was. But everybody knows he is now because the show got canceled after two years and he was devastated. And I went out to lunch with him and I said, hey, dude, you're a good actor. You'll do fine. His name is Ryan Gosling. Really? That's he cool. I did not, te- I did not know that. A, he played me as a teenager. So, Ryan, if you're watching, wink, wink, I'm sure he's watching us. Um, uh, you know, you owe me something. Put me in one of your movies. I will tell you, there, there are secret right-wing actors out there who occasionally oh, yeah. reach out. And they do listen to, they do listen to talk radio. And if we get a little too uh, a little too dismissive of all oh, all those commies in Hollywood, and you know they don't know, they don't, sometimes they'll reach out and say, "Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not going public with this, but just so you know, you know, I listen to you, Bach. I, I listen I, to the radio show every and, day, and and I know who they are. But uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're the we're the new in the closet. The gays in Hollywood are out of the closet. The conservatives are the one that are in the closet now. I came out many years ago, so I just got tired of it. So I'm, um, I'll tell you how we moved on. What happened? We we had both have family out here. My wife and I both have family in Florida. We've been coming out here for years. We know the place, and we uh, about 
10 years ago, we started talking about it. So we came out here before the COVID thing. We've been out here over four years now. And it got to a point, I said, I hate getting in the car. I hate driving in this city. I hate putting up the taxes and the ridiculous politics. So we put the house up for sale. And um, what happened is one of the many fires that always happened in California came through our neighborhood there in Thousand Oaks. We lost three homes in our neighborhood to the fire. Fire came within three feet of our house, went around the house. A guy came up to the house, saw the for sale sign. He said, hey, look, um, our house burnt down. Can we rent your house for the next two years? And uh, we'll, we'll p- take care of your mortgage and everything like that. And my wife and I said, okay, look, we're out of here. So um, we left and within two years, the house was sold. So we didn't have to go back. And I wasn't planning on anyway, because we already bought a house here in Florida. So uh, my wife put out a positive frame, uh, frame of mind there and said, no, the house is going to sell. And she was right, it sold. It's just amazing to feel like, for the, for the first time, my vote matters in a meaningful way as a New Yorker. I mean, look, Lee Zeldin came pretty close in the last election for governor. Not close enough, but he, he did a good job at least pulling up some of the Republican congressmen out in Long Island. And those were those ended up being critical pickups, right, for the for a pretty disappointing sure. 2022 midterm. But to be down here in Florida after Ron DeSantis with his effectively 20 point win and the massive part, you, you know, the registration in this state from 2018 they just put out the uh, the latest Bless. numbers today uh, Kevin it was 250,000 democrat advantage for uh, for registration so they had a quarter of a million registered voter advantage in the state people don't realize that so it was it was technically a democrat state i mean sometimes it would go red but democrats don't always sure. turn out in the same numbers now it is a 400,000 plus r state it is yeah. four hundred thousand you're talking about a six hundred and fifty thousand vote shift over the course of just four years so i mean it's been remarkable the the success here but you know it's funny because this is actually what the the founders the, the way this was all set up and how we have states and places to go and you can see what works and what doesn't i try to remind sure. everybody this is this is the way it's supposed to be you know if california which is is a gift from god as a state right i mean the geography and the the bountiful yeah, yeah. land beautiful if if the commies like Newsom are going to destroy it, people got to move elsewhere. Well, California's lost 10 million people. I'm sorry, 5 million people in the last 10 years alone. Um, when I got Hercules, I got rid of my place in Santa Monica, California, because even though I was gone 10 months a year, California still wanted to charge me state tax. So I moved to Henderson, Nevada, outside of Vegas. When I moved there in 94, there were 700,000 people. They got 3 million people now in that city. It's crazy. And unfortunately, all these idiots vote the same way they left california for the way they voted they moved to nevada and they're doing the same thing in texas trying to change it they're doing yeah. the same thing in tennessee mm-hmm. and they come here as well they've already destroyed colorado i mean that state's gone and arizona really you know we got to get rid of this this mail-in voting it's pretty obvious they're using it to cheat and we need to get rid of it you get one vote you vote the day of the election make it a national holiday people have to go vote they don't vote tough God luck show an id there's nothing racist about that we can fix this problem so easily but we got, you know, we have so many sheep in this country. They just don't want to do anything about it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre to me. I can't figure it out. It just blows me away that these people are willing to have their lives totally led, cradle to grave, by a bigger, bigger government. And I tell people all the time, our government today is worse than the monarchy was 250 years ago when we started the Revolutionary War. They're doing everything that the government over there was doing, but bigger and worse and controlling our lives. Right. And people just go. Well, what can I do? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting when you go back and read, um, read about what what it was like and what the founders were upset about at the time. 
taxes on things uh, that really upset them, uh, lack of representation, and really just the feeling that the votes here for the Burgesses, for example, in Virginia, right, going back to you know, the, the pre-revolutionary uh, colonies, uh, that in back in with the monarchy and back in in England, it was it's cute that the peasants over in the over in the colony think that they get to call the shots, but really we actually call the shots. Meaning, we'll just disband their House of Burgesses or their representation in the colony, whatever it is they call it, whenever it annoys us. And if they play nicely, we'll let them come back. I, you know, you see with COVID and what. Democrats did in this country. I mean, I refer to it as I refer to them as commies. I think it's so funny. They always say, oh, but communism, we're not communists because communists want the same for everything. It's like, no, actually, communism is just a belief system in using malcontents in society to seize power under false revolutionary rhetoric and actually just have yeah. a new class of elites oppressing everybody else under the false yeah. belief they're making everybody equal. It's actually not that everyone's equal. I've been went into a lot of Eastern European countries. I've shot in Bratislava and Czech and in uh, Romania, all those places. All the money during that fifty years that you know Germany was—I mean that Russia was taking over everything—all the money goes into the government buildings. Didn't help. They don't help the people at all. You know, they, they got their they got their silver and gold toilets, and uh, it's it's just it's so obvious. But you know, you've heard the th- same thing, and people go, "Well, they just didn't do it right last time." We know we know how to make socialism and communism work. And you, yeah, yeah, as you tear down statues and rewrite history, because you, every country, every country um, has wonderful history. Only America has bad history. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty show to start listening. And, you know, I'm down here in South Florida and I mean, you're not you're not far away. There are so many Venezuelans. One of the things I I love about about South Florida actually is uh, is the the Cuban population here and the Venezuelan population here because they love America. They really appreciate this place. They appreciate freedom. They do not trust yeah. socialist bullcrap yeah. promises because yeah. they've seen. I mean, Cuba was obviously a while ago and people have been here for a couple of generations now. But the Venezuelans, they're, they're arriving and they still have fresh stories about, you know, my my family's oh, yeah. uh, business was just seized by by government thugs who said we're redistributing this to the people. By the way, of course, it never gets to the people. It's the local commissar no. decides he's going to divvy up whatever they have on the shelves and they just destroy the business. They seize the assets. This is going on, and it's all in the name of social justice, Kevin. I mean, it, I, I do think that more people in the country should know that a very wealthy, by Latin American standards, country has been destroyed by people claiming they're going to make everybody's everything free. Well, weren't they, they were the wealthiest country in the Southern Hemisphere for a long time. That's right. The largest proven yeah. oil and reserves like, in the world. Yeah. Larger, actually, than even Saudi Arabia, although people, their oil is yeah. more expensive to, uh, to refine. You know, we need to take all the Venezuelans here because when my son went out to buy a, a car, we the guy selling the car was a Venezuelan that had been here about a year now. And we asked him about his country. He told us how horrible it was. And I said, we need our government, like DeSantis, needs to send these people into high schools, in junior high schools, to Absolutely. talk to students. That's, these are the people that need to go out to say, I lived it. I know what it's like. 
I mean, I keep saying, if you want your utopia, then move to Venezuela, move to North Korea, move oh, to well, Russia, I, I, for crying out loud. I want, I mean, I, by the way, yeah. I love that idea, and I really, I really do think that that, and, you know, I know some of the, some of the DeSantis team folks, I, I think that's something we could maybe get going here, because it's even for the most, the most hardcore, blue-haired, sad, malcontent, you know, leftist from from, uh, you know, Oberlin or Berkeley or Brown University or wherever to stare in the eyes of somebody who had to truly flee a real asylum seeker from, say, Venezuela because their family were enemies of the regime and they were entirely dispossessed and they were afraid of starving to death because people who wanted to make everything social justice based ruined everything i think it's hard for those leftists you know for you and me they go oh privileged white males and you know they just ignore it and they they, they won't engage intellectually but for people who are the tr- who are true refugees from socialist dictatorship in venezuela I-, I think that's a compelling message they have to share i think more people should hear it i laugh when they say privileged white people i'm the fourth of five kids my dad was a school teacher on a school teacher's salary public schools my, my clothes are hand-me-downs from my older brothers. We had powdered milk and powdered eggs, but I never felt without. I didn't. I knew I had very loving pa- parents. I knew there were rich people in my school. And what that did, it motivated me. I mean, I used to caddy at this private country club when I was in college. And I asked these guys, how did you become successful? And they all said the same thing. Oh, I failed. And I, then I failed again. Then I failed for about 10 more years. But they didn't give up. Today's society, especially if you're under 30 years old, these guys, they fail once, and it's your fault, and God, they don't believe in his fault. It's everybody's fault, so please take care of me. I'll work for George Soros and collect unemployment off your tax dollars. I mean, I, I know I could I could probably do a psychoanalysis of every Antifa member, these guys that are against fascism, even though they're the fascists. So uh, it's, it's, it's crazy um, that we're letting these people do what they're doing, and now they're doing it again up in, in Georgia right now. What's that about? Send people in and take these guys down. Just arrest them but you can do anything in this country now not get arrested and look what's happening and and Biden's let, what five million people across the border didn't trump let like 1.4 million in four years we're yeah, 10 I, million I mean, the people. number is where, where, the number is the number is staggering and you may have actually seen yeah. recently in new york the people who are claiming to be and i always think this is so important claiming to be yeah. asylum seekers remember you know people from venezuela who face torture and murder at the hands of the regime for being dis that's an asylum seeker People that yeah. are coming from they come from 160 countries. They're coming from all over the world. A lot of them are coming from Central American countries where they just have a crappy economy. I mean, I get it, but that's not the way we have a system. We don't have the system set up to just take anybody who wants a better economy. But, Kevin, they're in a four star hotel in Midtown Manhattan. They were told to move yeah. to a government facility that is heated, free food, free health care, everything. But it is not in Midtown Manhattan in a four star hotel. It's like a big warehouse that's been converted into being housing for and they're protesting outside saying we refuse to go we're staying in the four-star hotel at taxpayer expense yeah that's not what refugees or asylum seekers same thing basically i mean refugees are just people that apply abroad meanwhile a buddy of mine who's engaged to a canadian woman she she tried to get into the country last week to meet up with us to watch the movie i have going on right now and they wouldn't let her in, saying she's been coming here too many times. What are you trying to do? You're trying to sneak into the country. And I'm going, look at the difference here. They're having 200,000 a day come across our border, and we're giving them all this stuff. And I told I told my buddy, I said, tell your girlfriend to go down to Mexico and just come across the border. I mean, it's oh, just I, I said this about, you know, thing. Novak Djokovic, the tennis player, is still not allowed oh, yeah. to come into the United States. He may not be able to come in 
for the U.S. Open. He's just won the Australian. He's the best tennis player alive. I love, I love the revenge. I love the revenge he got against the government down Australia by winning again. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, he, he yeah. may be the best to have ever played the game, which is remarkable given the era that tennis has yeah. had with Federer and Nadal. And he may not be able to play in the U.S. Open because he won't get a shot that nobody even claims stops the spread. And very well, few we, people. And we already know it doesn't. We already know it doesn't. Look at all the people dying. Look at all the athletes falling over. Nobody talks about this hundreds percent higher average of, of death rate and heart problems of people under 30 years of age. Why aren't we talking about that? But shh, no, it's not the jab. But take take the jab again. It's, it's I, I always really, have this challenge really, for people. I, I say I tell them, try to find somebody who showed more disdain for Fauci earlier on in the pandemic publicly than me. It's very hard to do. I absolutely hate these people and I will not let go what they did to the country. But well, oh, I, that that I, is that, uh, uh, that's my new F word. That's my new swear word in golf courses when I have a bad shot. Oh, you Fauci'd it I up? Say, I agree with that. Wow. Yeah. What the Fauci? My friends, if you're a T-Mobile subscriber, I want to I want to help you out here because 37 million uh, customers have had their personal information exposed. It was a big hack. That information ends up on the dark web. Cyber thieves take that information. Then they take out loans in your name using that personal identifiable information that you got there. How do you deal with this? This is why you have to have LifeLock. LifeLock is the help you need for online identity theft protection. They'll give you 24-7 monitoring for irregular activities and new account openings in your name. If they see any unusual activity and you're a LifeLock customer like I've been for years, you will get an alert. It comes via text or email. Just make sure you're on your game. You know what's going on. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. And by the way, if you do become a victim of identity theft, but you're a LifeLock member, a dedicated LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. I had that because I had somebody run up a $1,000 bill for a cable company I didn't belong to. I had to mess up my credit. They got it all squared away. Totally gone. Made it all go away. It was amazing. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it is easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Go to LifeLock.com. That's LifeLock.com. Promo code BUCK or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use my name, Buck, for 25 percent off all right kevin so you know you you and i we could and we, we should at some point meet up in florida you know drink some scotch or whatever you're into and just talk about how we're going to save the country but because of your profile and your success in the arts and in in media uh from a from an entertainment side right i mean i'm a news media guy you're, you do that too but you're a guy who's had a lot of success on the entertainment side of things which as we know for our side is rare i mean i you know i sat with uh, i sat with jimmy woods for two hours in L.A., uh, gosh, I don't know, maybe uh, six months ago, a year ago, no, I can't even remember. And, yeah. you know, this guy's a great actor, but he got blackballed, basically. You know, the last yeah. 10 years, nobody will work with him because he's a conservative. And, you know, you know that stories with so many people out there. But you've done content that has really worked outside of the, you know, the, the God is not dead movie. Um, I know you're working. I want you to tell us about your latest project now. Sure. Why? Why is it? so difficult to get you know there are daily wires try to make some movies there are some folks that are starting to get into this game do we just do we not have the the infrastructure we don't have the we can't get the cash together people are too scared to i'm not even talking about making a like reagan is the greatest president ever movie right just good guys bad guys heroism truth justice love liberty movies with those themes that aren't rooted in you know intersectional uh you know pan genderism or whatever why is it so hard to get that stuff done I think there's more out there than you realize. And, and speaking of Reagan, I did the Reagan movie. That's going to come out later this year. Dennis Quaid plays Reagan. I play Spaster in it. 
Are you so serious? That movie's done in the can. Yeah, that's yeah, hilarious. I didn't even know we that. Shot. That's amazing. We'll see. Yeah, but we, that that's obviously that's I'm sure it's going to be great. But that's a poli- you know that's a political. It's Reagan. You know what I mean? So I'm going to see it. I'm sure it's fantastic. But Dennis Quaid. No, but look, is Dennis Quaid one I of us? That, he's. Uh, I think he's more conservative than he'll admit to. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take. I'll take even. Yeah, if yeah. If they're not at this point, Kevin, if they're not announcing their pronouns, I feel like I can work with that. Yeah, he's okay. He's okay. Um, but no, but I, you know, for me, it started probably about 10, 11 years ago. I got booted out. I got blackballed from, uh, from, from Hollywood. My manager and agent many years said we can't work with anymore. And I was like, wow, you guys are the ones screaming for tolerance. And I, it was really just because I'm a conservative. It was simple as that. It's actually being worse. It's, being, it's worse being a Christian in Hollywood than it's being conservative. But they're both bad things. And I just started Sorbo Studios and go to SorboStudios.com. And I started, my wife and I started doing just a lot of other movies that have more positive things. We've done God's Not Dead, What If, Let There Be Light, Soul Surfer, uh, my latest movie, uh, Left Behind, um, Miracle East Texas. I mean, I've been doing a lot of movies a lot of, and also a lot of documentaries that are more family friendly. I get stopped. It used to be, you being a Hercules fan, I used to get stopped all the time because of Hercules or Andromeda, my second series that Gene Roddenberry created. But... It, by far, people stop me out at airports, hotel lobbies, and say, I love the movies you're doing. We know Hollywood attacks you and everybody else out there, the creepos are attacking you, but keep making the movies that you're making because we're behind you. And so I, I'm going to keep making movies that have a positive message, that have love, hope, laughter, redemption, faith, whatever, and uh, keep doing movies that, uh, that, that 80 million homes want that Hollywood won't do. Yeah, you know, uh, well, look, I, I think it's, more conservatives. I, I believe that there's been an awakening, Kevin, where yeah. this notion of the neutral space and, oh, it's it's not just the profit motive that drives the other side. We need to get rid of that because I think there there was there. And I know there was a thinking among a lot of people on the right. Oh, well, maybe they just don't think there's money to be made. No, no, no. They know there's money no, to be made. There's money. They, yeah, they know there's money to be made. I mean, you know, you look at yeah. you look at the passion of the Christ. Uh, you, you know, there have been these movies that the left hated and got so upset about. And they've done incredibly well, despite that. Um, yeah. By the way, with I want to tell you this: with God is not dead. I remember, I remember it. It was it was an amazing thing. Reading and I can't. I think it might have been in Slate or something. But reading a review of that movie that made it so clear, the reviewer it 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 is like you shook him to his satanic soul. The reviewer I've never seen so much hatred about a movie that's. You know why it's there's no, there's nothing to hate. I mean, you know whether you think it's you know the Godfather Part Two or not. I leave to the viewer. I mean, a lot of people loved it, but the but the it was so clear the agenda of the reviewer was you know oh this basically saying it's the worst movie he's ever seen, <laughs> and I think that showed Kevin that you struck a nerve. You upset oh, yeah. you know for the ideologues. Hundred. You upset them with some of these movies. They they take it personally. Your movies. Isn't it amazing that people get upset about something they don't believe in? They yeah. get so angry about a guy they don't believe in. That $2 million movie made $140 million bucks. Yeah. Pretty good return on $2 million, $2 million investment. And uh, it's, 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 I don't know. I did a movie called Let There Be Light that I directed. And my wife wrote it along with Dan Gordon, who's an Oscar writer, uh, nominee writer. It was funded by Sean Hannity. It had like a four-month run in theaters, did very well. Opening weekend. Here's a, here's a $3 million movie up against... A $300 million Thor Ragnarok movie, speaking of Thor, and we opened number two per screen average. I get a call from Netflix Monday after that opening weekend saying, hey, 
We know that you got a foot, you know, a solid foot in this, this door, this inspirational world. We want to open inspiration division here at Netflix. Well, I had a couple meetings with them over the next couple months, and they ultimately didn't do really anything. And it was just weird to me because their ideology is so geared and so so forced upon them because I know there are people in that room that would have liked to work with me. I know that because I worked, there was probably about 10 people in the room, but they got to be quiet. They, they got to toe the line of the, of the agenda. And I just said, you got 80 million homes that want this, but your ideology is so against people that are Christians. Why don't you just let, let's do the movies I got and TV shows I got. I got wonderful scripts. You can laugh all the way to the bank because they can scream socialism all they want, but let's face it. They're capitalists. They're in the business to make money and keep their stockholders happy. But they're going to play that game and pretend they, that, that, oh, no, we, we can't do that because that's, that's, you know, that's misinformation so, or something so like I'll that. So I'll tell, I'll tell you, uh, Kevin, um, a friend of mine out in L.A. is one of these secret, secret mm-hmm. conservatives for one of the very, very big studios. He's, he's an attorney, so he's not, you know, okay. he's not involved in the production stuff. But so he sees all the deals, all the agreements. And he's often mm-hmm. in the room with the people who are green lighting these things. And of course, I, I wanted to yeah. ask him about this, right? You know, I, I got the opportunity to sit down with him in LA. And I was like, so explain to me how, how this really goes. He goes, well, first of all, you have to understand that the movie industry now isn't just dominated by ideologues, but by identity politics, whereby the people who are making a lot of these decisions now are. Single, uh, single, unmarried, childless women in their fifties, um, people from marginalized groups, and people for whom it feels yeah. deeply personal. However, you know it may be in that individual, very personal that you know whether it's their their lifestyle or their decisions or you know some aspect of their identity they feel is marginalized. Whatever that means to them, he says you have to understand yeah. that's a big piece of it. He says, but the other piece of it is that even for the guys and girls, men and women who are trying to run these studios and you know by studios now obviously netflix and whatever who want to make money you have to remember they want to make money meaning they themselves so they don't want to be in a position where the bolsheviks at you know universal or whatever now certainly this is true at netflix content or amazon content decide to push out if you're the head of content or senior vp of development at one of these places you don't want to target on your back, right? So that they explain to me that this factors into the decision making that people are trying to keep their jobs within the machinery. And that means that they're not necessarily making the they're making decisions, not just based on what would make them money for the overall enterprise, but what will keep them from being the target of the woke and getting them fired. Right. So it's kind of a more individualized issue. The woke world, the cancel culture. I was the first victim of cancel culture, I think, as a Hollywood 10, 11 years ago. But um, I, I think people are getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of it. You're tired of it. I mean, everybody's... It, it, apparently, these woke people have led amazingly perfect lives. And they have nothing to be ashamed of for their past. But they're going to go after, you know, people that are going to put in the Supreme Court if they flirted with the girl back in college 35 years ago. We're going to talk about that. I mean, it's just it's so silly what we're doing right now. And people I think people are sick of it. If we gave you a hundred million dollars to make a movie, Kevin, I mean, to to your point, God is not dead. Two million to one hundred and forty million. So clearly, you know, good content and content people want can win out. But let's say we gave you like one hundred million dollars to make. Is there a project that, you know, you would want to do? Like if you, if you had the budget to go big with it, well, is there a, a story or something you're, in mind? You're, you're, 
you're giving me an awfully big budget, but I mean, with, with that $100 million, I would make probably 25 really good movies and 20 for sure, because I want to carry over some of that into the P&A and advertising. But I could make a lot. I've got the scripts. Trust me. So, um, so you've you got know, great you, movies you already, already stacked up that $5 million a movie would get it done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, my movies are in the three to four million range. That's catering budget in Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, those are three hundred million dollar movies. You mentioned Yellowstone. Um, uh, Neil McDonough is the actor in my movie uh, Left Behind: Rise of the Antichrist. Right now, well, Neil was in season four uh, last season. Well, he's he's got a script he gave me a western that's unbelievable, and it's in the it's in the violence range of Yellowstone, but it's set in the eighteen sixties, and it's a Cain and Abel story. So there is a faith element to it. But the violence is still there because I don't want to do movies that preach to the choir. I want, I want to do movies that people want to come in to see. But the message is still going to sneak in there. That's about, you know, being positive and morality and things like that. Because Hollywood doesn't want to do that. Yeah, they want well, to that's... keep pushing nothing but anger and violence. I just want to take a moment here. Take a pause for a second. Tell you about my pillow because there's not a company more focused on delivering the goods you need for a great night's rest than my pillow. The pillows, the mattress covers, and the sheets you want, the Giza Dream Sheets, for example, exclusively for MyPillow, are phenomenal. I mean, you've heard me raving about the Giza Dream Sheets before, I'm sure, but guess what? They're still in stock and at their lowest price ever. Sheets are coming in as low as $29.98 with my name as your promo code BUCK. That's promo code BUCK. This comes from the Giza region of Egypt. These sheets, the best you're ever going to have. You're going to love them. Ultra soft and breathable, but also extremely durable. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Imagine that. You get eight weeks of every night sleeping on these sheets to make sure your purchase is a great one. Go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials to check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. Remember to use my name as the promo code BUCK or call 800-792-3269. MyPillow.com, promo code BUCK. All right, now, back to this. What Hollywood has been doing since I was a little kid is you know, pushing, you know, violence and lots of nudity yeah. uh, to get people to watch, you know, sort of hit that lizard part of the brain. And and yeah. then also a nihilism, anti-God, anti-traditionalism, yeah. anti, anti-heroism. I mean, even even the big budget Hollywood movies that used to be made, there were good guys and bad guys. There was a clear morality. I mean, now it's like when the Oscars come out every year, everyone just sort of laughs. We go, what are these movies that we're supposed to like? No one's seen these things. Yeah. Well, and their ratings for that and the Oscars and the Golden Globes, they go down every year. But I don't think Hollywood cares. I think they're all, they like to pat themselves on the back and it's just a party for themselves. Um, but their ratings are tanking more and more and more. People are saying, enough, I don't need to see this crap anymore. You ever work with, and that's uh, too with bad because it used to be a big thing. You ever work with Jim no. Caviezel, by the way? I know he did something with Dinesh D'Souza because he came on my show. Do you guys ever work? I, I think Jim's a yeah. great actor. Jim. Yeah. Jim and I have known each other for, oh my gosh, 30 years. We had the same manager for many, many years. Uh, he lived in the same area I did in, in California, Westlake Village, Thousand Oaks area. He still lives out in that area. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't see him that often anymore. I, I did have a text message from just a, just a week ago, actually, speaking of it. But, you know, we know each other. But we're not like buddy buddies and hang out. But, well, you uh, got to tell him that you know, Buck Sexton asked life. about him and that you guys got to do a great movie together now. And then I get invited to the premiere uh, with my soon-to-be new wife, I, and I, I look I, cool. I, I, would, I would love to. I want to be in the Passion sequel when they do, when they do that one. I mean, I mean that that the amount of money talk about. Uh, I think at one point that was the highest ROI rated R movie of all time, but on a percentage uh, basis. Yeah, it, I think it was about a twenty times return. 
But, you know, on, on, on God's Not Dead, we had a 70 times return, but we couldn't get on any of the Good Morning America today because it's got God in it. Isn't that amazing? If I played a radical Islamic, ter- if I played a radical Islamic terrorist, uh, you know, uh, I, I'd probably win an Oscar. Is there anybody that you you think would work on one of your projects right now? You're already kind of eyeing, and you're like, you know, I think we're going to get someone involved. Is there anyone out there that you're, you know, I, in, in? I got my I got my my phone. I, I mean, I met guys today at lunch to talk about another project. I mean, I'm every day I'm trying to find. $3 million. I play golf. I do a lot of charity golf events, and I play with these billionaire guys that are conservative. They'll give $9 million to a Rick Santorum that they'd never see again. And I'm going, I could have made two movies of that. Not only would have got about 20% back on your money, but you would have owned 50% of that movie forever. And that would have been a movie out there that has a positive influence on people instead of a Hollywood's negative. But I don't think these guys understand the culture war that's going on. Andrew Breitbart did, right? Yeah. Politics I, I see. I think from that's... Culture. I think that it hasn't changed, Kevin, but I do think it's in the beginnings of change because, for example, what we've seen with Twitter, right? And credit to Elon for just charging up that hill with all the lunatics shrieking at him and all the pressure that he's under. And he's not a right wing guy at all. I mean, he's just kind of a rationalist. I mean, he's sort of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But Twitter became a left wing hellscape of lies, distortions and and suppression and what I think people who pay attention realize is, guess what? That's also happening at Facebook, at TikTok, at Instagram, everywhere. All these yeah. places that's going on. We are not going to win. We're not going to be arguing about what the marginal tax rate is in 15 or 20 years if all of our kids and everyone's being programmed by the far left in a way that blows away what you know cbs news could accomplish back in the 70s right i mean this is a whole other this is all day long people people's kids are spending more time with these screens than they are with their parents oh yeah yeah there's no there's no question about that but look i'm like i said earlier i just want to keep doing the movies i'm doing i want to talk about my latest one left behind rise of the antichrist left behind is it's based off the left behind books that sold 80 million copies back in the 90s and it deals with uh this is six months now after the rapture. So the world, all the Christians are gone. This is, an, this is a political action thriller. And we had a massive opening weekend last week. We had 1,550 screens. We just got picked up for two more weeks. So go to leftbehindmovie.com. Leftbehindmovie.com shows you the trailer, shows you what theaters in your neighborhood. But I hope people will check it out because it's a good movie. You don't got to be a Christian to enjoy it. Are you going to, is it possible to do the uh, either on demand, you know, it's like $15 to watch it at home, even when it's in the theater that, or anything like that? Or? That, w- that will happen after the theatrical run. Gotcha. Okay. Because that's, I just don't go to theaters. I'm just one of those guys. I just can't, I feel like people talk. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm a grumpy old man, but I will download. Uh, I will pay for a, a downloadable copy as soon as I uh, I get that opportunity. All right. And tell everybody again one more time the because uh, the, they should get. Most people are normal, not like me. They go to the movies. Where should they go? <laughs> leftbehindmovie.com. So leftbehindmovie.com. I right. also sign up at sorbostudios.com. Sorbostudios.com. And um, I'm going to start sending you all my screenplays, Kevin. So you can be honest with me. I don't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children and builds specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms 
nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. 